0: The Chicago Bears win in a 20-23 thriller over the Houston Texans that saw a late Roquan Smith interception set up a thrilling kick to win by Cairo Santos. So why do we have so many questions? I bring on Jeff Berkus to talk through this complicated W in this episode of Bear With Me. What is going on everybody and welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel. And I am here with our road warrior, Jeff Burkus, who's just all over the channel coming at you live right after a really gritty, grindy, close 23-20 win at home over the Houston Texans that, Jeff, it's such a weird game because the Bears dominated on the ground 200 181 yards the bears got big plays out of big players picks from both roquan smith and eddie jackson the line looks strong in the run blocking and the bears are jimmying loose big runs out of even guys like Equinemius st brown and yet the passing game looks so so no other word for it bad that i feel i can't be the only one who walked away from this feeling worse than i did excited this felt like a win that was we beat the texans instead of we could really compete this year and we knew that we you and i've been saying it on the 10 minute drill for weeks now that wins and losses weren't the goal this season but if the se- if the goal of the season was development there's a specific uh there's a specific player that we had in mind to see development from and right now Things are getting much, much worse before they get better. There's no wet ball today. There's no, there's no good defense today. There's no. It's Lambeau Field today. There's no. He might have been psyched out because it was Sunday Night Football today. There. This was, this was one of I think Jeff Fields' worst performances as a Bear, and that came at a weird, weird time emotionally. But Jeff, what are you thinking? Hey Robert,
1: thanks for welcoming me to the show. That's your welcome. Uh- Make my uh, one appearance this year. This is all you get one one app, absolutely one appearance right after post game. It is one of those like, yay? Question mark? Where <laughs> there's you know a W in the win column, which even as we've talked about, we don't care about the wins and losses. But then when you watch football games, you want your team to win. They particularly want them to beat teams that probably aren't very good. You want them to beat the divisional. I mean, you just like get into games and it's very hard to be like, eh, it doesn't matter. That's fine. Right. It's not right. a big deal, right? So you always celebrate the wins. They're hard to come by. I think that any kind of win this year is character building. Um, it's, it's good feel for this team as they try to rebuild. So I'm never going to discount a win, even if it's ugly. I'm a Bears fan. I've been a Bears fan my whole life. I've seen plenty of ugly wins. So there's nothing wrong with an ugly win in and of itself. I think that Bears fans have a little bit of like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Where we've seen this movie before where there are good things about the football team that we feel very familiar with, running game, defense, and then the passing game that doesn't work. And so you know what the ending of this movie is. If the if the movie continues like this and you can't develop a passing game, it means that this team's not going to go very far. And it's certainly harder and harder to do that in the modern NFL. So this is one of those things where now you, all the excuses are, are evaporating, and you have to start taking it very seriously that there are potentially real warning signs that this passing game, or maybe Justin Fields in particular, um, you know, has some real question marks that we were hoping might not be there at this point. So that's that's kind of the, the initial takeaway from from the game, which is kind of an odd feeling when you walk away with a victory.
0: Oh, absolutely. And hey, there I need to before we dig into some of the negative cuz I think the negative jumps out and bites you on the ankle, right? But there there are some really good things in this game. I mean, the Bears got, like we said, big-time players from big-time play or er, big-time plays from big-time players. The Bears' running game right now looks creative. It looks awesome. Guys are hitting their marks. You've got the offensive line blocking better than it has in the last probably decade. Like, or at least since John Fox instituted some basic outside zone where guys were hitting their marks, but I think this looks more diverse than that. They're doing awesome stuff with the toss game. Jet sweeps actually get the defense to bite on them. It's hard, JB, under any circumstances, to run for 281 yards in a football game in the NFL and not have done something right, regardless of who your opponent is, but... It's strange, because as people get into talking about play-calling balance, because I've seen all over Twitter, JV, there are people who would trade it all to see a 40-pass game out of fields. And in their own words, I would rather he just suck and we lose the game in 40 passes than win like this. And the problem is, Jeff, I... I worry that the coaches may so not trust Justin Fields as we saw when, or with the two interceptions that he threw on second and third downs that that's, part of why we're getting these third down passes i mean it hurts that in the same game as a third and six which literally bought brought the boo birds out in soldier field we got a different third and six where fields threw an interception into triple coverage on a basic tampa two look from what i can tell on the broadcast so imperfect viewing here that he should never be throwing because he practices against cover two. He practices against Tampa two. This is the defense he went up against at, like all throughout training camp. I'm a little shell-shocked, for lack of a better word, JB, that Fields was this bad against a defense that he should be so much more familiar with because it looked to me like a young quarterback that had rushing support, that had play action, that had... um clean pockets to throw from, and even had open receivers. And like that we saw in that first commit interception, sometimes even when Fields did read the field well, he just missed him. And for a guy who I know we have hailed and hailed and hailed as being extremely accurate downfield, that's one of his huge strengths. You can't be missing some of the throws that I feel like he did today. It was was rough to watch. There was a little Rex
1: Grossman in him there where it almost felt a little predetermined, like I'm frustrated – I feel like this is the look that I think I have and I'm going to take this throw effort. Let's go deep. Right. And that's, that's what it felt like a little bit, felt a little predetermined. It wasn't a well-placed throw to begin with. And it was a, a, a poor decision on top of that. You Combine those two things you deserve to get picked off in this league. And that's exactly what happened. And, and so, you know, you're going to get punished for bad decision-making. You're going to get punished for inaccurate throws. He got punished for both of those things today on two interceptions. He, he, he did, quite simply he just didn't play well and so is this a product of the new offense and it takes time a lot of really good quarterbacks have taken time to get used to this offense and maybe we'll see that progression throughout what's frustrating is and i understand what that person's saying i don't care if we lose and i just want to see the 40 pass attempts i think that you're desperate a little bit to just let's just see what this looks like just let him drop back throw the ball let's let's see if we can get a lot of reps and see what he's good at what what he struggles with And just play this out because the more data that we get is going to determine whether or not this is the guy that you build around or this is the guy that you say, you know what? We thought we had it, but it doesn't look like it's going to
0: work out. Thank you. We're going to have a high pick. We'll move on to another quarterback. Yep. And the problem is, is that the Bears of Bears coaching staff does not see it that way. I mean, as much as the fan would look and say, hey, worst case scenario, we lose a bunch of games to draft a new quarterback, it's, it's easy to forget that this is Luke Getze's big break. This is Matt Eberflus's big moment. Like, first impressions mean everything in every facet of human living, and it's no exception when it comes to these guys' big opportunity. They want to win as many games as it takes, and if it takes handing the ball off 40 times a game to avoid the fact that the quarterback that they've been stuck with, because, let me be plain, I don't think there's any world where Trevor Simeon comes into these games. Like, there's, it, Fields is the number one selling commodity inside of the Chicago Bears right now. He is playing. Whether that comes straight from the owner, whether that comes from polls, I don't think it's realistic to say, well, if the coaching staff doesn't trust him, then why are they playing him? Because they have to. I mean, he's the guy they traded up for last year. He's the guy that's been on, on all their advertisements. You get it. I get it. He also looks like a quarterback with almost no confidence. Like, at right now, I, I don't know about the bo- or what you saw, Jeff, but on some of the replays, it looked like Fields' body language on the sidelines was just Heartbroken, and I mean not to turn into body language experts, remind or reminding me of the way people talked about Jay Cutler. But it feels like Fields isn't excited about his performance either. And I mean, who would be? But we—it makes me wonder what the next fourteen weeks are going to look like because there is no world here where Fields is out of time. Not, not today. He's not out of time this week. He's not out of time oh. next week. He's not out of time by the bye. If he is, then that means he must not have even eclipsed a thousand yards in ten games, which I mean, hey, not impossible at this rate. But uh, all jokes aside, there's there's some clear. There, I I think everybody's just at a loss. I barely know where to start, Jeff. Because even when we were dissecting Trubisky and saying, okay, but that third and eight throw, that's way too far out. I mean, we could point to multiple bad throws. We could point to multiple bad reads. We could point to some offensive mistakes, whether it's the offensive line. I didn't think Larry Borum had a particularly strong game. But there was enough against this Texans team for fields to look dramatically better than the 99 yards. And is it four sacks that he ended up with? Five five five, goodness gracious one of them wasn't his fault the the Petri one where he turned and got hit right there like i'll totally give him a pass on that one but some of the other ones were not good and i don't know I, help me through this i feel like the hot cheetos guy that like put a hot cheeto in his mouth and it's just like f- ripping hot takes out like i can't control myself and get moderate again help me level out so I think to
1: complete the thought on the guy that says I just want 40 pass attempts because I just want to see see it right I think that there is a tendency for some people to view football like baseball where you have like a money ball approach where you're like hey you know what if we're not going to compete we just need to be last so that we maximize the draft capital and we need to strip our team of all good players sell sell it for parts you know trade Robert Quinn trade Roquan Smith trade uh trade David Montgomery which obviously not gonna happen now you know (laughs) even
0: if it was yeah um
1: you know so so there's there's some of that and football is never going to be baseball there's some elements of analytics that I think you can incorporate in football to make you a better decision maker and I think you know certainly team building but once the general manager sets the lineup for the year right like the the roster for the year and says you know here's the guys we're going through we, we've we decided here's our 53 this is what we're going with those coaches are going to do everything in their power to win football games whatever it looks and like that the Bears made a decision to hire Matt Eberflus who's a defensive head coach who has ties to Rod Marinelli, who has ties to Lovey Smith, who has ties to Tony Dungy. right those guys have been in the league for a long time they know what they're doing they have a a real system that is now coming back in vogue right and one of the elements of how they win football games is they protect the football and if they see their quarterback as being someone who they can't trust to put the ball in the air 40 times because they think that's going to lead to too many turnovers and they're having success running the ball and they're playing good good enough or good defense you know that can take the ball away that's how they're going to win football games and so that's how that's their approach that's what they're going to try to do that doesn't mean that there can't be development or you know we won't see a different football team in october november december as fields continues to develop hopefully into this offense but it, it's it's understandable that this coaching staff would want to try to win football games like this and of course they want to win football games they in all of those there's there's you know 53 guys on a roster and all of those guys you know what they want to do they want to win football games because they want to get paid. And they and it's a lot more fun to win football games. So they don't care about your idea of not your idea, Robert, but, you know, analytics driven for a little while. So you say, let's lose all these games. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be part of that. They want to win football games right now. They're two and one and they've got a Giants game next week that they could win, right? And so they 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 believe in themselves. And I'll tell you what, you stack some wins and you get some excitement and buzz going around. The locker room, this coaching staff, this city, and there's a lot of money to spend next year. There's nothing wrong with that being a big takeaway for this team, that they fight hard, they're in games, they pull out wins, because that will attract more people when you have the resources. Let's yes. not forget, Robert, that this team is spending the least amount of cash... For players on the field this year and they have the third most dead money in the entire league oh this is the year that they're telling you with their dollars that they weren't going to be a great football team
0: but they're still competing and they're still
1: off of a 2 and one star
0: absolutely jb i mean to use the way that i've said it on twitter before matt eberflus is not tanking no coach tanks ryan poles might be we don't know I mean, he's a GM who had job security and him stripping the team down so that the team would lose as many games as it could while getting better. That's actually on the table in his in the first year of his career. But we're missing the point or at that point, we're getting a little too far off the point. I think that the hardest part about this. uh, Let me see. So the worst part about this game, because I applaud you for being positive, JB, is that you're exactly right. I mean, things like a good, stingy defense that made plays when they need to and a dynamic running attack that gets a lot of things going on the ground is great. But if Justin Fields isn't the answer at quarterback, and granted, there's a lot of discussion to be had here. Is Luke Getzey and the coaching staff setting Fields up for success? We don't really know. We're not in the meeting rooms. We don't know what they are and what they aren't doing to make him comfortable. I mean, it's, Jeff, we're looking at the polar opposite. This feels like 2019 again with Nagy and Trubisky, but it's like the tails version of that being heads where Nagy truly let Mitch just pass his way out of Chicago. Like, in 2019, week one, there's a reason that Mitch got 45 passes to go win the football game, and if memory serves, only ended up with about 10 points. It may have been just three, but... I digress. The point is, is that here in here right now, the Bears are winning, which would be helpful if they didn't need a quarterback. And quarterbacks are hard to come by. I mean, as e- or as easy as New England made it look getting Matt Jones at fifteen, it's tough to find one. And then when you do, they're not usually ready to play as rookies. So I don't know w- this. Let me put it this way, Jeff. If it sounds like I've given up on Justin Fields, I haven't, but I did not come into this season thinking that by week three, I'd actually be having to look at legitimate alternative options at quarterback, and the last two performances back-to-back – don't really give me any other choice, though I will say that this win is a credit to the coaching staff if you are down on Justin Fields, because they looked a problem in the eye and coached around it. So I do feel like the most positive thing you could say here is that if you're down on the staff, you can still be high on Justin Fields because you probably think they're using him badly. But if you are down on Justin Fields, you're be welcome to feel high on the staff because they're getting as much out of the football team as they feel like they can. They've just, they're just working with a really tough situation at quarterback. Maybe hard to tell 45 attempts through three games. is is a tough, tough way to try to evaluate
1: anything. And I think as analysts, that's the hardest part of all of this is that I don't feel like I have enough data to really do much with. And the data that I do have is rough. It's not, it's not good. Right. So you know you want to be able to say something after three games, but it's pretty dangerous. This is not a great Texans team. They're fine. They've played they played better than what their old 02 and one record shows. Um, they, they're a tough team in terms of defense like they've kept their opponents down. but is that because the Colts aren't very good? Is that because the Broncos aren't very good or you know is it because they they're actually kind of fundamentally sound on defense? but you can't keep using that either like you've you've got to you've got to be able to dictate pace um we should probably flip over to the good stuff though because oh, we should. again, this running attack you lose David Montgomery early he had three carries and then he was hurt and he's out and your backup running back who a lot of people like a lot um and Khalil Herbert comes in and carries the ball for 157 yards on 20 carries and has two scores including a 52-yarder where he just looked like he was shot out of a cannon. <laughs> you know, and, and and I think that this, I mean, the worst thing that could possibly happen for Montgomery was to take an injury. I, I, I don't have an update on what his injury is or, or what his outlook is. Um, you know, I didn't see anything. But, you know, the Bears are in good hands with Khalil Herbert. Uh, we'll see what Justin Ebner can do as a backup. But Herbert, this is his opportunity to show that the Bears would be in good hands
0: with him as a full-time starter. Mm-hmm. and not to mention JB this offense fits Herbert like a glove. I mean like you said outside zone running and the or a lot of the power stuff I think fits uh David Montgomery very well because I don't if I could be honest with you I have a couple of questions about Montgomery's able to pick his hole but in a power or gap scheme there's only one hole you're going up the left side B gap go. And once you get Montgomery through that hole, he's dynamo at the second level. Herbert's vision is very reminiscent of the former running back to play 24 in Jordan Howard, who is also quite the zone runner himself. But he's like Howard if you amped his speed up like two letter grades. And like you said, when Herbert hits a hole and just turns the jets on, he just flies down the field. He looked so dynamic. Normally, you look at any running back that has seven point nine yards per carry, and you'd think to yourself, "Well, he must not have gotten very care or very many carries." But <laughs> one hundred and fifty nine yards with two scores speaks to itself. That's what a day. And let's throw let's throw some flowers around JB because it wasn't just Herbert. I thought Eddie Jackson had a phenomenal game at safety. The pick is actually circumstantial. That's picking up off a good play from Kendall Vildor, but he had multiple sweet. Brand- breakups he had some big run stuffs where he walked up for it there was a um a particular i remember red zone third down where davis mills fired a strike to i think it was brandon cooks and eddie was on it so quickly that he broke the play up with a huge hit i mean they got big plays at a number four all throughout the game to keep the texans out of the end zone and then 58 had i think the game of the or the game of his year so far I mean, it's hard to tell when it comes to linebacker off the all 22, because certainly Roquan early in the game was getting blocked out of the hole. But near the end of the game, it felt like he was right around where the ball needed to be. I thought he had a very solid one, as well as some of the defensive linemen. Though, again, how much can you really take at first viewing? Who else did you see that played well?
1: Well, I mean, Roquan definitely pops. I mean, he needs to get all the flowers that are available to him. He had a rough game last week, um, you know, really washed out a lot of running plays. And that Green Bay running attack was was really impressive. And a lot of it was taking care of Roquan. Today, he really recovered. He was all over the field. Looks like he had 16 tackles, um, at least in on a tackle for uh, an assist or, or solo. Uh, two of them tackles for loss, and obviously had the big play at the end there. So, you know, Roquan obviously deserves all of that. Um, defensively, I mean, you know, I'm a, I want to make a joke that, Jalen Johnson wasn't targeted uh, for a third straight game, but of course (laughs) he didn't play in this game, so that doesn't really count. Uh, I I thought that, you know, obviously Gordon had a rough game. Um, We we talk about that at some point. He just looks pretty lost. Maybe the idea of him playing inside and outside is a little bit too much to put on a rookie. I think he's getting taken advantage of in terms of matchups. I thought the Texans did a pretty good job of putting uh, players on him that could take advantage of him. And they, they did early and often, which was, was just unfortunate and frustrating. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to see the alternative. You can't really tell from a broadcast view with the with safety play all that well. It looked, like, it looked like Eddie Jackson had a good game. I would have loved to have seen the end zone view with the pick. And if he keeps his feeding, because it looked like he wanted to run so just did would he have had a path to maybe try to get back um i always want to watch brisker um and yeah, I, w- I want to see his development as well so those guys i think probably played pretty well because they limited the, the texans but again you know that pick is big because you know they were it was in the end zone and so you're, you're talking about points off the board there you know this game very easily could have could have swung the other way um but timely interceptions, timely turnovers um put them in a position to to win the game at the end. It also prevented them from going down. So uh, it's it's a it's a good defensive performance. It's a good team win. even if your quarterback's not carrying you, that's okay if if the team can carry you.
0: And you know what? I need to give flowers to number twenty two because one thing that I will personally say is that so, I've been a Bears fan for like 16 years, right? And as I have watched cornerbacks, I think it's very easy to have overinflated expectations for what a depth cornerback should be in the NFL. I mean, you can't stop everybody. And while you expect maybe a little bit more than Kyler Gordon's giving you right now, you have to make a play every once in a while. And I'll applaud Kendall Vildor not for being outrageously skilled, not for being incredibly fast, but his hustle and his grit Definitely shows up uh, on the occasional play where he then dives over and makes a play for his team like popping the ball in the air the way that he did. I thought he in particular got one back. After giving up a few, and that's all you can do at the cornerback position. And he, in particular, displayed really surprising resilience, especially after last year, where he had a year that made him delete his Twitter because fans were just accosting him over play that may have actually been blown a little bit out of proportion because people acted like he was a gaping hole in the defense as opposed to just not very good. But Credit to Kindle for reminding us that, hey, if you're physical through a receiver's route stem and competitive, even when they try to come inside on you at the goal line, good things can happen. He's scrappy.
1: You know, he's a fighter. He's got a memory of a goldfish, right? Like that's the, those are the things that you want. You know, he is a little overmatched regularly, but again, as, as a guy that's coming in and getting reps uh, regularly now. He's he's fighting for those reps and he's doing well with them. So yes, he does deserve
0: some credit for that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, JB, we we've got a little bit more to talk about as we talk about just the way that this game really finished out. But we've got to get there or let the sponsors get a word in. So we will catch up to it right after the break. See you then. And we are back with Bear With Me. I'm talking to Jeff Burkus, the one and only on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network, as we break down a big Bears win over the Houston Texans. Now, it was thrilling, JB, but once again, it felt like it was absent a few players' contributions. I have to ask you, because I know EJ eviscerated Cole Kmet, and we can talk about Kmet if you want to, but Jeff... It's hard to find a bigger Darnell Mooney supporter than you, and he's been very, very quiet. This isn't some, like, blogger, like, ho, 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 gotcha. It's more, how are you feeling about what's going on with number 11?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to understand exactly what's happening with this passing game. You know, Cole Komet had one nice play there. It was a, a you know, 24, 25-yarder. Um, that was a nice play. Caught only caught two two passes on three targets, and then Mooney's stats: two catches on six targets, which is rough. Like that is that is not a good conversion rate for a receiver. So there, you know, all of the talk in the off season, you know, I joked that those guys were, you know, best friends forever. They're going to make friendship bracelets. You know, they were going to have. Uh, They had this kind of bond that they seem to have where they're they're basically becoming brothers and they're going to sign Darnell Mooney to an extension because there's no way that Justin Fields is going to let Darnell Mooney leave because, you know, they're so close. So he would pepper him with targets the whole year. and They're just not on the same page. They don't look very good. Uh, You know, Mooney's not stepping into that role that I thought he played pretty well last year. And so are they... Are they scheming to take him out? I don't know. Um, is it a lack of secondary options? I don't know. I don't think there's enough volume for us to really tell. That's part of it. But overall, yeah, pretty concerned about Mooney. Um, I, I actually think at this point I have to just say I was wrong on Comet. I mean, it's just, he's just been pretty pretty brutal. Uh, EJ's uh, review of him in, after the second week made me think like, well, I'm just I was just completely wrong. And in camp and in preseason it just, everything was pointing towards Cole Komet having a giant year. That's exactly what it looked like. He was just going to be the, this target hog. He was going to be number two target in the offense. And, you know, he looked good. He looked lean. Like he looked like he, you know, really took advantage of the offseason. And I, you know, he just, he just hasn't really done anything. He, he's kind of a non-factor. And so I will, I will take an L that's fine. I I've been wrong before. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take a, a, another one here. Um, and a hold out hope on Mooney, but, At some point, you you do need to start showing it.
0: And I mean, it's not as if I think that anything that's happening this season just invalidates Mooney as a player. I mean, for crying out loud, we're talking about somebody who had a thousand yard season in 2021. So it's not as if we just throw the baby out with the bathwater. The trouble becomes, Jeff. If if Darna Mooney can't get going after all of that talk about Fields and Mooney's uh, chemistry, at what point do you beg the question on is is the proof in the pudding when it comes to again tying back to Justin Fields? Now the worst part, if you don't mind me going into it, Jeff, is I feel like just like in 2019, we have re-entered the chicken or egg question yet again. So are are the is the offensive staff not Confident in fields because fields through OTAs, through training camp, through all the times that they've watched him in practice, because trust me, Bears fan, they have attempted way more practices or way more passes in practice than just the 45 that we've seen in games have as fields lost their confidence in those and therefore gets he's making a good decision, quote unquote, to go away from fields and try to win around him. Or has the Bears' offensive staff done such a poor job instilling confidence in Justin Fields and making him feel like he can play loose and do whatever he needs to that it has created the unconfident, hesitant quarterback that we see today who actually looks, in my estimation, Jeff, less comfortable than he looked against the Vikings last year in the Nagy offense? I, I don't like being here. Because I think you'd agree, there's way too many semantic variables that we just can't answer these questions. I mean, there's a whole lot of wait and see and cross your fingers that maybe it becomes apparent, but we don't really get to know in this setting. It's, it is just bizarre, because I've got, we see somebody in our comments section that says, guys, it's just the third game, and I want to agree with you, but the Bears yet again failed to eclipse a hundred net yards passing in a day and age where people break 200 passing yards on their bad games it feels like it's hard not to sound the alarm bell and jeff if you had to guess do you think the fault lies in any specific place how much better can it get from here
1: i i think that the biggest i have to say that the biggest culprit right now has to be game flow and if you're not hitting the early ones and you are popping off such you know positive runs with regularity that the the play caller is going to continue to reward the plays that are doing well and so i think and particularly when you're in a close game it's it's understandable and so i i think given the small sample size three games one of them in a monsoon it it is understandable part of it though is like you know hey it's a third and six and we're gonna run no. Like you can't do that. Like you can't run on third and six. You have to be able to put it in his hands. Roll him out. You know, give him the option to run. Um, you know, get give him you know, let him try to win that rep and convert the first down. You're basically by wav- waving a white flag when you're running on third and six. So you're not gonna convert many of those. It wasn't even a creative run, it was just kind of line up and run it and third and six. Not right. very disappointing. That that one got me a little bit there, that would be one of those, like, "Mm, boy, they don't have confidence in him. Um, But I think, in general, you have one part of your offense that looks like it's really working, and you're coming off of a game where it was really working. And so now you're feeling yourself, right? Like, you're feeling yourself in the run game if you're Luke Getze. Like, you think, hey, man, I got this figured out. We can run the ball. We can run the ball on anybody. I'm going to keep calling these runs. And when you're in a close game, you know how do you argue with that? Right? So I'm going to put it there, um, a number one. Um, but the the part where it looks like Fields is hesitant, he's not pulling the trigger. You know, he's not throwing the ball downfield when it's there. And then he's had a couple where he just is forcing it in. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I mean, that's that's just bad decision making, and it's not understanding what NFL open is, or not pulling the trigger when you have the opportunity. Those are concerning things. It's again, it's a small sample size, but those those things start to add up, and you can't ignore them forever.
0: Yep, I can't emphasize enough, Jeff. I- I'll ask you plain. Are you out on Justin Fields? Oh, no. I mean, you can't be. Neither am I. I mean, nobody is saying that they are out. What we are saying is that it's hard to be excited and it's hard to be like amped up and very like it's it's hard to look into the future and get jazzed up about the fact that this Bears team ran their way to a 10-point lead Jeff it was up they were up 10 to zero and they had the ball and then after a negative run uh they were pushed to second and 11 and fields had Cole Komet wide open in the seam on what looked like cover three and he sent the ball straight into Jalen Petrie's hands which immediately ignited 14 unanswered points as the Bears gave the lead up it felt as if to me if there was the if there was a damning thing we could say about this game it's that the bears were smoking the texans and justin fields felt like the reason it was close and that's just what you never ever want to say about your first round quarterback that you're hoping is the franchise guy because it felt as if every time justin got an opportunity something went wrong and it was not normally that the offense failed him. That is a criticism that I could actually levy last week if we wanted to. Like if we really tried to look. But this week, I don't think Lester's sack watch is gonna be kind. I don't think Mile 22 review is gonna be kind. It feels like it's tough even immediately after the game to dig up positive things to say about the quarterbacking situation right now. It's just it's just not where either of us wanted to be after the Bears played one of the worst defenses in football. I think that's fair. There you go. <laughs> well, Jeff, it is only one football game. So as the Bears... And end, they won. And they won. But as they head to the Giants, where they play against... yet, or Where they play, interestingly enough, one of the other head coaches that they had the opportunity to potentially hire. Well, I mean, I guess it depends. If you believe Brian Flores, it sounds like maybe Dabble was never on the market. But that's neither here nor there. How do you feel like this game impacts that one, if at all?
1: Yeah, I I mean, I don't. I think this is who the Bears are. They're trying to figure it out. I think that if they're able to go into New Jersey and, you know, let's not forget that they don't actually play in New York. uh, If they, you know, they travel to New Jersey and they're able to run the football really well, then they're probably going to continue to do that. Why would you go away from that, right? Uh, I don't know how long Montgomery is going to be out. That looked pretty bad. So let's assume that it's Khalil Herbert in the one spot. I, if Chloe Herbert's running really well, you want them to continue to do that and to continue to play good defense and try to take the ball away from Daniel Jones, right? Giants are playing some ugly football right now. They're 2-0, but they have two ugly wins in their belt, and I don't know what they're, they they got tomorrow night against the, the, the against Cowboys. Against the first. boys, and I think it's right. in
0: New Jersey again.
1: Right, so... So we'll see what they look like tomorrow. They'll have a they'll have a national game that we can all watch and we can all scout, right? They'll come off a short week, right? So so they got the Bears got that going for them, but I don't know really, I don't think their approach is going to change. I think they're going to continue to try to run this offense uh and if Fields shows that he's playing well, I think they'll probably give him more opportunities. If the Bears start to trail in the game, they're probably going to have to give Justin Fields more opportunities because that's how you come back in a game. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. Let's hope that they they earn it the right way. Let's hope that it's Justin Fields playing well and earning more of those uh, snaps where they trust him with, with the ball. But no, I mean it, it, they're two and one. <laughs> you know they 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 could have if the call was made correctly on the field in Green Bay, they would have played a pretty close game against Green Bay. It obviously broke open and and they lost by by three scores. But you know they're two and one. And you know if, if if you tell the Bears fan before the season, hey, after the Texans game, the Bears going to be two and one. Do you take it? You take mm-hmm. it, absolutely, because that's that's fun. They won
0: two football games, right? Dear- so. To your point, Jeff, if you asked a nerd like me early in the season, like, okay, what is your ideal football result for the Chicago Bears? I would have said they lose every game and Fields looks amazing. In 2022, the, That this was the one year where it's like we could – if we could get that somehow – I'd love it. Well, the Bears so far have got the opposite on their hands. Jeff, they're winning a lot more football games than I definitely anticipated they would. Because it's funny, you talk about how the rain game is impacting a lot of their passing stats. So far, rain game's the best game they had. Since then, on dry fields, they've only passed worse. So from there, we, we then see a stingy defense. Looks like a stingy defense. The running attack looks worlds better than I ever thought it would. I mean, I definitely didn't have money on Sam Mustafer, Tevin Jenkins, but also Lucas Patrick was still was still doing that and we're just gonna we're just going to look past that for now. Larry Borum, Braxton Jones looks like a boss out there running the ball. And Cody Whitehair, I did not have this group with Academia, St. Brown, Byron Pringle, and Darnell Mooney just grading the road on every team in front of them. I mean, whether it was the Packers, whether it was the uh, the Texans today, they were smoking hot. And I can't imagine it's going to get better again. or like it's going to decrease against the Giants maybe not 281 yards but we're hitting the point Jeff where the proof may be in the pudding and the running attack may just be good the question then for me becomes okay How's Wink Martindale going to react? Because we're talking about one of the most crazy, deranged, blitz-happy quarterbacks, er, or blitz-happy defensive coordinators in football. And I don't know why, if he's facing a quarterback who loves to hold on to the football, he's not going to just send blitzes almost every single down. So we'll we'll have to see what happens because like you're saying, I don't know if there's a way for Justin Fields to walk out of New Jersey with a win without the uh beating a Giants defense that's going to come for him because the Texans sat back and still managed to kind of shut him down. The Giants are not going to sit back. They're going to come they're going to come at him or after him and it'll be it'll be a test. That's for sure. Sure hope he passes. <laughs> Yeah, be nice
1: <laughs> i i mean it's interesting to see how he would react to different styles right and if he kind of struggled with what was in front of him today then you would think that maybe you know martindale takes that and says well i actually am going to sit back a little more because that was clearly pretty effective but he you know a tiger don't change his stripes right i mean he is what he is he probably can't help himself he's probably going to come after fields but the other thing is, at some point, you know, you, you get a quarterback, you blitz him, and he is able to use that athletic skill to get out, you know, escape blitzes. He starts making those plays because now it becomes less about thinking and more about reacting, right? Um, that – or broken plays. I mean, the, you said the best of the three passing attacks was against the Niners. Well, that was a huge broken play that skews that data, right? And I think that's, that's part of what makes fields so dynamic is that – And why we get so excited about him is because he can break open a game when he's out of structure or when you're putting him on the move and you're you're saying like hey you know take the deep ball if it's there if not like you know take the underneath or run the ball right like you can you've got multiple options right in front of you and so you know if they do come after him they best not miss because if if they if he's able to break contain or, or break break the pocket he he's pretty dangerous still like i mean he's he had a what a 30 yard run earlier um in the game so it, he still has that ability to just gash you and and make you really regret coming after you so i i don't know um i'm not there's not like a particular defense defensive scheme that i'm worried about people playing against justin fields i don't feel like that's where we're at you know with, with the last guy it was always like uh, i always worried about somebody that would be just super creative and and just throw a bunch of different stuff at him because I just he just didn't seem to react very well. And I don't know that I feel that way about Justin yet. It's just more of um, I don't have enough data. I, I mean, I, I hate to come back to that. Um, but again, 45 pass attempts in three games is just not enough to really know exactly what his trends are.
0: Totally. And the question then becomes, Jeff, tr- I'll, I'll close it with this, and then we can go into final thoughts. I don't know whether we are looking at a small sample size, because we clearly do not have a big sample size here uh, in through three games. Is the small sample size begetting over analysis or is Justin Fields earning the small sample size, which is not what you want? So I'm very curious as things move forward. I mean, like you said... At this stage, Jeff, I remember back when Nagy was calling plays, the running game wasn't working. A lot of fans wanted him to commit to the running game. And on the same podcast years ago, uh, I said, why would you go away from what's working? And to apply the same thing, the Bears are toed in the pill for a lot of yardage. Whenever they're scoring points, it's because they're running the ball better than, I mean, Darn near any team in the league at times, JB. They're cracking explosives on the ground like I haven't seen them. You could probably roll up all four years of Nagy's tenures, explosive runs, and I think they're on pace to eclipse them in just this year alone right now. And so the Bears sticking with the ground game doesn't bother me like I think I want it to because I don't have enough tape that defends Justin Fields right now to warrant giving him the ball more which is trouble in and of itself. And hopefully the Giants game will change that. I mean, it feels... I think that's what makes this game so funny, Jeff, is technically the Bears won, and I'm not about to pretend that they lost. From the collection of snaps that we got on offense and defense, the biggest takeaway, being quarterback-related, is way more worrying than a win on the score sheet says it is. That's the development attitude as opposed to the win-loss attitude. But you know what, Jeff? If the spiny Bears team... Steals a win on the or on the Lions and beats the Vikings one way or another. They could end up making more noise in just the win-loss playoff competitive piece of this season than I ever gave them credit for because they're getting a lot of the right plays at the right times. They I, I can't speak to their discipline this week but they certainly didn't shoot themselves in the face with a lot of their penalties. Some of the penalties like false starts and whatnots, oh those will happen but they kept things like defensive holdings and roughing the passers down so that they allowed the Texans to beat themselves cleanly there at the end of the game there are a lot of pieces to the Bears team that you can actually say arrow way way up it's just such a bummer that once again the quarterback scenario is as dire as it looks because again not out yet but to say that alarm bells are sounding is an understatement because just off the off the cuff, Jeff, I think this is the worst game Fields has played in his career, and that's not something you want to say about a second-year quarterback, especially coming out of a rookie system where everybody described his offensive coordinator slash coach as completely brainless. So we're just going to have to see what happens next. But what do you think? Final thoughts on the game.
1: Well, let me put it into Midwestern terms and that is when you get a storm front that comes through and they pop on your TV and they say tornado watch and then they say tornado warning right so tornado watch means like hey conditions are set where we're worried that there might be some you know potential for tornadic activity tornado warning is like hey man we spotted funnel cloud we've we've seen it like we we know that they're there take cover, don't mess around with this. This is the time where you say, hey, you know what? We're in the equivalent of tornado watch for quarterback stuff. These are some conditions that we have seen in the past that should make us at least look at this harder to see if we see anything that's going to develop into something that's catastrophic, okay? This is not tornado warning time. This is tornado watch time. So let's let's put it that way. Um, that's my final thought on the fields thing. I'm very happy with the other stuff. I'm happy to get a win. Again, it's very hard to win in this league. You look at this schedule. There are some other games that are going to be winnable, including this week against the Giants, the game against the Commanders, which is still a dumb name, the game against the Jets and the Falcons, right? That's four games right there where there's at least a pretty winnable likelihood or 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 potential um, there's also a lot of games against teams that are going to go deep in the playoffs that are going to be very difficult for the bears to to compete in and you've got those divisional games that are that are on there as well enjoy it we don't know if this 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 bears team can finish 2 and 15 they could finish 8 and 7 or you know 8 and 9 right <laughs> like that, whatever the math is um you know when they change 16 i forget how to do math so you know just enjoy this for what it is because you never know how many of these you're going to get, you know, and then we'll all be eager for football season, you know, come February. We can't wait till f- football season. Like, so just enjoy it for what it is. Go to work tomorrow and, and, you know, hold your head up high that the Bears were able to hold serve against the Texans at home.
0: I mean, that's the secret, right, Jeff, is the Packers, whenever they play the Bears, they look like the best version of themselves. So the only game that the Bears have lost is the best version of a very, very good football team. So, I mean, alarm bells are not, it's I, I loved your tornado watch tornado warning. I'm you should expect that on headliner here soon. Um, but either way, Jeff, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with me. We've got a nice little uh, slate of football games here for the rest of the season. I I love noon games, honestly. I, I love that the noon game then lets you just settle in for Sunday afternoon and Sunday night football. And there's some interesting ones on the calendar. But, Jeff, what a Bears game. Got some fun things to break down. Honestly, I will take a, I will take a win any day over a loss where the Bears just got tanked. There's a lot of fun things that we can talk about on this offense. But... Uh, what's what's next for Jeff. What's next for Jeff burkus Another
1: packed week ahead. Uh, we'll be working with Lester tomorrow on Baron balanced. Of course, uh, 10 thoughts comes out generally on Tuesdays, sometimes Wednesdays when I struggle to get it out on Tuesdays. Uh, and of course bears over beers is Wednesday night. So two, Monday night for Baron balanced six o'clock live stream on second city gridiron uh, live stream at eight o'clock central uh, for bear and bat for bears over beers. The names all sound the same, um, on, on Wednesdays. So come hang out with me and EJ. Um, this week might actually move because I have a conference, but you know, whatever, That that's check our Twitter, make sure that, and then we have the 10 minute drill. Um, so, so make sure you're checking out second city gridiron and all the goodies that are coming out
0: there. Big stuff. Jeff can't wait. Perfect. Thanks so much for coming on. And to everybody else, bear down. See you on Tuesday night as we talk through the All-22. And thanks so much for bearing with me.